0: Find us at robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com. The median amount Americans have saved for retirement is $71,500, with 27% of us having less than $50,000 in retirement savings and 16% having nothing. What's the plan when you don't work? Is it to live off Social Security? Because that's not going to be enough. 68% of Americans are following experts' advice to save 15% or more of their annual income for retirement compared to 61% prior to March 2020. So the education is getting out there that your 401k and 15% is a great way to go. And yet some people will still dip into that savings and look at it as a piggy bank. And it's not. It's meant to be a piggy bank only open when you turn 60 years old and you're no longer working. Women are 71% more likely than men to say they won't be able to retire. always found that statistic very sad, as I have a mother who my father passed away 25 years before her, essentially. So it grew in my head that one day she'll be poor, of which she died last year, of which um, working through her estate plans and getting the judge to sign things. would have been a lot easier if it was in a trust, but it was just in her will. Um, So she died in January of 2021. And right now, kind of maybe in July of 2022, we should be able to settle the estate finally and get the final people to sign off and distribute the funds. It is a process when someone dies. You care at all about someone you love try to set up your transition from death to passing your assets onto your heirs as smoothly as you can. Um, If you own a house in California, you should have a trust period. (laughs) It's worth it every single time to spend that $5,000 because when you die, it'll be at least $60,000 that your heirs are paying to the courts to have lawyers go and make sure that your probate's going smoothly. So I was talking about big words in investing that we need to play with and we just need to get comfortable with. And it's little phrases like building credit and credit cards and robo-advisor versus financial advisor. If we're to continue to move forward. The two that go head-to-head a lot are IRAs and 401ks. They're two common types of retirement accounts. An IRA stands for an individual retirement account. A 401k is an employer-sponsored retirement plan. An IRA, you as an individual set it up, and you set it up through an investment account with someone like Fidelity or TD Ameritrade or Schwab. Whereas a 401k, the employer sets up the plan. And they've created a situation that you can contribute into from your paycheck. And sometimes they even contribute into your 401k free money. You've heard about a 3% corporate match sometimes. Sometimes it's a little bit higher. Sometimes it's uh, set on for every dollar you put in, they put in a dollar up till $3,000. You get the idea. There's little ways that corporations get to contribute and help you. Whereas individually, they, they don't do that. So in an individual account, you get potential for investment growth. You get tax advantages. You get to build your wealth. In a 401k retirement account, you get the same exact thing, potential investment growth, tax advantages, and build your wealth. If your company doesn't offer a 401k, you should talk to the owner and say, can you please offer a 401k? It is really handy to have the company set it up. And then HR meets with you and says, hey, Joe. We got this new 401k account. You have to be an employee here for a year. And once you're an employee here for a year, we'll we'll match you on 3% up to $3,000. What do you think about that, Joe? I prefer it to be through the company only because when I was more freelance, when I was more 1099, I had to pay my own taxes and I had to pay my own for, I had to set up my own IRA. And sometimes you'd forget. I like the corporation making it automatic for you. Whichever you choose, a 401k or individual retirement account, start contributing as soon as you can. Let's talk about Social Security. It's two words that scare a lot of people. It's two words that a lot of people don't know when you put them together, what it means. It is a government-provided safety net. It is a government program. If you think about like things like free cheese or defense of our nation... Government programs, right? So what are the benefits of Social Security? It gives you some retirement income when you're no longer working. It has disability income if you get disabled and can't go to work. This becomes an issue for me, which I need to talk about. There's survivorship benefits. So if the husband worked for 30 years, 40 years, gets cancer and dies, the spouse can say, hey, I was a stay-at-home spouse. He was the breadwinner, but I get his Social Security income. Just because I haven't contributed doesn't mean I didn't contribute to the family. And Social Security covers Medicare. Social Security is for the retired. It is for the disabled. It is for survivorship of a spouse who has passed away. And it can even be for the spouse or their children who survived. Dad died at an early age. How does it work? Step one, you can contribute to social security. When, and this was fascinating yesterday. I had to talk to my kid about it, his first job. He really wants it to be at a movie theater. I'm like, that's a great idea. Um, it's a lot better than a fast food restaurant. It's a great idea. And I was, I was telling him that. And it's like, that was my second job. My first job was scooping ice cream. It was washing dishes at a place that scooped ice cream. And I eventually graduated up to scooping ice cream. And I remember getting that paycheck <clears throat> and it was magical. It was, it was printed on paper. It told me how much money I had earned. I would take it to the bank in a couple of days after getting that paycheck on a Friday, but I'd go over everything on that check. I'm like, what is, so, what is SS? <clears throat> and s- someone had to pull me aside and it means you're giving money to social security. So one day when you turn 16, you can no longer scoop ice cream. The government gives you a little bit of retirement income. I'm like, cool. So you contribute to your Social Security through your paychecks. The more you earn, the more you contribute. There are cutoffs at over 100000 when you're no longer taxed. It phases out. And it's interesting because Congress plays with that number every couple of years, and they increase how much you have to contribute or the thresholds where it stops. So the more you earn, the more you pay, the better benefits you get when you retire. It's really, really weird to think about this. If you and I both retired at age 62 to 70, let's say we, you and I both retired at 65. And let's say I made a million dollars a year in income and you made $20,000 a year in income. I'm going to get more social security back than you. Is it, is it a good deal for you? It's a good deal for you. It's not such a good deal for me because I put in a lot more money that and the government said, Rob, we're going to release you. You'll never have to pay for social security again, but you're not going to get social security. I would have made that deal because I've way overfunded what I'm going to get, which is okay. I'm not bitter. It's, it's part of our system. It's part of the American dream. It's like Elon Musk. He moves to Texas and he complains about uh, California, but he would be nothing without California. I, I'm not looking back at my past and saying negatives. I'm looking back at my past and it's part of the deal. So you get social security at 62 ish. That number will change in years to come you get more if you take it at 63. You get even more Social Security if you take it at 64. You get even more at 65, 66, 67, 71. Oh, not 71, 70. And there's going to be ways that our government not, doesn't trick us, but helps us la- let it last longer. They'll continue to improve the laws that say, okay, you don't have to take it out until you're 72, 73, 74. They want their money for sure. Because when you start taking money out of your 401k, when you didn't pay federal taxes on it, they want that income back. But they also know that they can't give enough Social Security to cover everyone. So that 401k is kind of magical. But Social Security is pretty interesting. Um, It's controversial because it's considered underfunded. If it breaks, um, I, I I feel bad for whatever political party is in power. When it does break and needs to be refunded, or something happens like that, because the Republicans don't want to look evil to to old people, Republicans want to look to old people and go, "We we, we you see that Social Security check; you're getting more every year because of us." We said, and the Democrats want the same exact thing. Right? Let's talk about a real big phrase in money called estate planning. It's what happens to your stuff when you die. It's the simplest way of explaining it. Picasso died without a will. Prince died without a will. And it was a mess. How Picasso's stuff was divided, how Prince's stuff was divided, it could be with estate planning, you go, I'm going to die one day. So if I get in a car crash, I want my spouse to make decisions for me. So you have an advanced health care directive. One minute. You have a will. Everyone should have these five things. You should have a power of attorney. What happens if you and your wife get into a situation where you can't make decisions? Should it be your brother? That's always gets into controversial areas when you let family members make powerful decisions. Um, You should have a trust. These are all very important things to uh, what happens when you die. Uh, A trust is more advanced than a will. A power of attorney has its place. Advanced health care directive has its place. An estate plan is for your family. It provides for them. It plans for disabilities. It lowers expenses. It reduces taxes on your estate. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. Yesterday was a day again where we didn't really go anywhere. It was kind of a blah, blah, teleblah blah trading session, which I love that MTV ad campaign Back in the late 80s, we'd go MTV, blah, blah, teleblah. blah Our parents nearly like MTV, and it was A-OK, just because Madonna was rolling around like a virgin. We didn't get totally corrupted. But yesterday, nothing really happened on Wall Street. It was a very blah session. Um, it was a day when 1 o'clock rolled around. I was like, eh. Oh, well, that kind of nothing happened. Nasdaq was down three-tenths of 1%, just a skosh. Same thing with uh, the S&P 500. A hiccup could have caused us to move higher. The 10-year treasury's pulled back to 3.09%, which is where stocks can really do okay work. Right around 3.233, three, three, stocks seem to hit that that headwind, so to speak, on the 10-year Treasury. It's a lot more than that. But that's what I'm throwing down. Bitcoin was playing with 20,000 yesterday. 20,289 is where I call it closed. Down one-tenth of 1%. Keep in mind, it's 24, 7, 365. So Bitcoin really runs all year round, and it doesn't really close. Bed Bath & Beyond, though, was the big loser yesterday, on 23%. And I instantly was like, what's the story there? Um, And the story there is they're a dumpster fire. In the 1990s, I was owning my first house. I was falling in love sometimes for the first time. I was trying to spot a a spouse and in my apartment. I would get throw pillows because any smart woman knows that a man with throw pillows is a legitimate man and he's worth marrying because he's got throw pillows. He just doesn't have a bed. He's got pillows on top of his bed that he doesn't even use. They're just throw pillows. And where I would go to get my throw pillows was Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, Big malls, strip malls on the side of the road. Um, When you'd go to Bed Bath & Beyond, you'd also sneak into Best Buy and see what the latest gadgets were. It seems like an archaic time, right? seems like a long time ago. The aisles at Bed Bath & Beyond stacked with pillows is a funny memory for me. Uh, The boardroom... It's not about pillows. It's about firing people when they don't do their job. And that's what the CEO of Bed Bath & Beyond found yesterday when he was replaced on an interim basis with a board member. The company's results were so bad yesterday, the stock went down 23%, that one analyst called it the end of days. Which I'm pretty sure is a biblical term for bad stuff's about to happen. Like demons are about to come and even the score. Bed Bath and Beyond released its first quarter financials showing sales fell a shocking 25% to $1.4 billion. A quarterly net loss of $358 million marked a sevenfold increase from a year ago in losses. It is unfathomable that they did this poorly. Now, again, Target did too. And what do they have in common? Big box retailers stream malls. Maybe the money shifting online is your first thought or should be. Um, so what happened with Bed Bath & Beyond was that they did away with a lot of popular national brands and they replaced them with new private label offerings. But the longer lead times when you do this, when you work with your own private labels, you have to develop designs. You have to contract factories. You expose yourself to a supply chain that wasn't quite ready for prime time in 2021. <clears throat> so 2022, the hiccups are still there. There's an activist investor who yesterday took up a, a stake in Bed Bath & Beyond. He's the billionaire investor behind Chewy. Chewy which was once basically a big box retailer that sold pet supplies. And now they sell those same pet supplies online, and they set up a subscription model, which is pretty interesting. GameStop is one of the companies that the activist investor Ryan Cohen, who started Chewy, picked up last year. Now he's picking up shares of Bed Bath & Beyond. Interesting. Is this the next one of those silly short squeezes that Robin Hood almost goes out of business because they can't honor the, the redemptions? Bank of America said Bath & Beyond is in such dire straits that stores have been turning the air conditioning down to save money. The company told media outlets that it hasn't directed stores to adjust their thermostats. They're denying it, nor has it changed its corporate utilities usage policy, but didn't explicitly deny the knobs have been turned down. So talking about going to the store and sweating out your next big purchase, right now when there's a heat wave going on in the United States, you can't even go to the mall to get the air conditioning for free, right? Would I invest in Bed Bath & Beyond? No, I would not. Did I invest in Bed Bath & Beyond in the 1990s? I did. At one point in time, they had 43 quarters in a row of beating earnings expectations. Because in the 1990s, there was a bit of a housing boom. And when we bought houses, we decided to show the members of the opposite sex how sophisticated we are by having throw pillows. And when we ha- needed throw pillows, we went to one place we knew that we can get them—not online at Amazon because Amazon wasn't around. We went to Bed Bath and Beyond, um, and they also had these massive coupons, like twenty-five percent off, fifty percent off, and like you felt like you were winning sometimes shopping there. Would I buy it today? No. Did I buy it in the '90s? Yes. What does that tell you? Maybe not enough, maybe, but maybe not enough, right? Um, 800-516-1220 to each calls in the air. Anything which you want to talk about, we can talk about. Let's move forward with what's happening today. The end of the second quarter is near. The end of the first half is near. It's the worst first half since 1970. It can't come soon enough. Today is June 30th. Tomorrow will be a new day and a new month, July. Today, though, we have to put to end the first half of the year. It appears the last day of the second quarter and the first half of the year are going to start much like the second quarter and the first half have gone in a downward trend. The current stock headlines today that are important luxury furnishing retailer. Restoration Hardware, RH, is issuing a second fiscal net revenue growth warning in less than a month, citing a deteriorating macroeconomic environment. You put Restoration Hardware on top of Bed, Bath & Beyond, and retail stinks. On top of Target, retail stinks right now. They have the wrong product. They're not ready for the back half of the year. I'm not going to wave a magic wand and 2022 is going to be a good year. If we get out of 2022 sideways, it would be a massive win. And I don't think we do. And that's okay. You got to take some negatives with positives, trends. China posted a weaker than expected manufacturing PMI. Japan posted its weakest industrial production number since the onset of the pandemic. Sweden's bank, RISK Bank, is raising its key policy rate by 50 basis points. Thirty seconds. Trying to make money more expensive and try to cut down on inflation. Personal income for the month increased one half, one percent month over month. It's an interesting read on inflation. We'll talk about that and more when we come off break. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Wells Fargo CEO Charles Scharf says the economy is not ready for Fed interest rate hikes. This is one of those stories that's out there today. That I don't want to say is chilling because that's too dramatic. But Charlie Scharf is a banker, uh, like a Jamie Dimon, pretty smart guy. He's unfortunately with a company that, that is struggling after having a great track record of issuing home mortgages. Wells Fargo kind of got off center and started having some scandals where employees would open up a credit card for you just because you came in and said, I need $300 the weekend. And it'd say, do you want a credit card? And you'd say no. And it'd key into the computer. Okay, let me just punch that in for you. And suddenly you got a credit card from them. And you're like, but I thought I said no. And then like, it's in your house and you see it's in your mail. So you open it up and you're, you think nothing of it. But that's how that region or that's how that individual made a bonus had lost a lot of credibility with America and the U.S. government. But Charlie Scharf said at the Aspen Ideas Festival that he expects to see the Federal Reserve continue with more significant rate hikes. He credited the Fed for being very clear about how they're going to think about what the rate movements are going to be. The CEO said he still thinks the economy will be surprised by the repercussions. In theory, the CEO of a bank sees a lot of what we're spending our money on. And how we're changing our spending for July 4th with food prices up 11% year over year. He knows what we're spending on and what we're not. The same categories that come across on your statements come across on his statements. It's interesting because you you do have some high level experts saying this isn't going to end well for the economy. You got to know that anything right now is happening on the stock markets telling us six months from now, it's not going great. And six months from now, with the stock market hitting, struggling to find any footing, it's telling us that Christmas isn't going to go great. Why is Christmas not going to go great? Here's a crazy statistic for you. Um, Every now and then I find these and I'm like, let's pull them out. Shipping cost to import products from china whether it be fireworks right now or whether it be our christmas gifts that are being put in in shipping containers right now getting ready to be sent to us shipping cost import from china which is the source of about 95 percent of like consumer fireworks they've skyrocketed importing product costs forty five thousand dollars per shipping container Compared to eight to 10,000 that it cost in 2019. So I do this show in the Bay Area. If you take a look out in the Bay, the Port of Oakland. If you're not in the Bay Area, just imagine what a port looks like. Imagine one of those shipping containers and the shipping boats that come onto the Golden Gate Bridge. You go, dang, man, I can count at least one, two, three, four. And you get up to like 400 shipping containers. And you're like, oh, that's sad. I can't count anymore. And then, like after 9 11, you learned like shipping containers. How many of those are we scanning for nuclear weapons? Like, you have some concept of shipping containers. I know you do. Each one of those now costs $45,000 to contract. Two years ago, two and a half years ago, you're talking about eight to 10000 So, if they're putting firecrackers in their shipping containers, they've got to be a lot more than $45,000 in firecrackers. If they're putting, clothes. It's going to be a lot more than $45,000 of clothes. That's one of the reasons companies are, are trying to scramble to set up manufacturing again in the United States. We kind of re- reap what we sow, right? We want cheap Nikes, but we want cheap Nikes when there's also cheap shipping costs to send them to us. So the cheap Nikes made in China are only cheap if the shipping costs are, are contained. And right now, the shipping costs are not being contained. First half of the year is Over? Over? Nothing is over till we say it is. Was it over with the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no. Bitcoin, it's over. It had a rough first half. Rough. Losing 58% of its value in the second quarter. Its worst quarterly loss in more than a decade. But not its worst Ever. Bitcoin has lost 58% in the last 90 days. It actually lost 68% in the third quarter of 2011. Ether is down 69% in the second quarter and is on track for its worst quarter on record, dating back to its inception in 2015. Let's take a quick look at how the market's open today and how companies and things are going out there. Uh, It is the last day of the quarter. Taking a look at crude oil, we heard OPEC Plus is going to be throwing more oil on the market. They're going to produce more. Thank you. Thank you, OPEC Plus. Thank you. We give you our money. Um, the Dow is down 500. Ooh, that's not a good way to end the quarter. NASDAQ's down 294, down 2.6%. Big loser. Russell 2000s down 38. The SP 500 is down 1.8. Crude oil sits at $107 a barrel, down $2.66 a barrel. That's good. That's kind of nice. Ten-year treasury sits at 3.02%. If it cracks under 3%, that's a sign that the economy is a lot worse than we think it is. Bitcoin sitting at $18,936, down $1,100 today, down another 5%. I'm not a betting man, and I'm not a technician, it does not take a lot to take a look at a chart and go, Bitcoin had a big run back in 2020, huge run. Essentially, COVID sent people home in March and Bitcoin was at $6,400. And it, it went from $6,400 straight up. Is it straight up? Is that fair to say? To $61,300 a year and a half later. It was too big of a move, too fast. If you got in on that, you got in on momentum. Hopefully, you pulled out on momentum versus pulling out on, is it going to be the momentum's gone? Is it going to be growth? Is it going to be, where's the bottom? And to me, the bottom is somewhere between 6,400 and probably 11,600. You can see those were the areas where Bitcoin kind of went sideways. And what do I mean by that? Back in two thousand and seventeen, Bitcoin was at fourteen thousand. A couple of years later, it was down to ten thousand. A couple of years later, it was back up to fourteen thousand. So Bitcoin's having a bad day. I think that's worthy of note. Um, we need to get volatility up. We need to get people who bought Bitcoin to say, "I hate Bitcoin." We need people who bought tech stocks to say, "I hate tech stocks." We need people who got into momentum and retirement was going to be through the stock market or through Bitcoin to you go, know, I'm never going to retire ever. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. It's called the Big cheese it Wrap Supreme and the Big cheese it Tostada it is a damn big cheese it <laughs> Like 16 times the original size of a cheese it Why do I bring this up? I don't know. Other than it's toasted, it's got, God, In theory, it's got cheese on top, although I don't think anyone thinks cheese. It's really cheese, but who knows? Even more importantly, it's all about product. And Intel's about product. NVIDIA is about product. Nike is about product. Everything on Wall Street to me is product or services driven. Apple has the product and the services. And that's when the business models get a little bit more interesting to talk about. So when I talk about cheese it and Taco Bell, what I'm also saying is I'll say things like, I haven't been to Taco Bell in 20 years since I was in college drunk or you know something like that, right? Or it was after a hockey game and the spouse really wanted to go, she was pregnant. I don't end up at Taco Bell on a daily basis is what I'm getting at. Who does? Who wants the big cheese it It's the younger people, the millennials, who don't have credit cards that they could put rewards on for restaurants when they dine out so they can fly to Hawaii for free. They're thinking I've got $10, I've got $20 and I'm away from mom and dad. And instead of eating mom and dad's food, I want to eat whatever I can eat. It's Taco Bell today. Or they're thinking high calories for low cost. Right? So to me, I, I don't really care about talking about Taco Bell, but I am talking about how do you get young people to spend money? You throw white parties, you throw raves, you know? How do you get young people to spend money? Well, we know they're spending a lot on video games. How do you get young people to spend money? You come up with a, a tasty new Taco Bell sandwich. <clears throat> How do you get me to spend money? It's tough. Because I've gotten an older. I've gotten everything that I want already. So I'm not as much of a consumer. I'm more about, okay, we got back to school coming up. You know, should I get books for the kids in the summer? I'm, I'm a little bit more controlled than when I was serving myself in my 20s. That's the thought there, okay? That's why I talk about Taco Bell. A big word, I'm doing big words today that you have to get really, really comfortable with is a budget. So far, I've hit big words pretty much so across the board. And some of them so far today have been estate planning, social security talking about IRAs versus 401ks, talking about building credit, credit cards, robo-advisors versus financial planners, compound interest, emergency funds. But the one I want to talk about quickly right now is your budget. What is it? It's a monthly plan. It's a piece of a calendar that you look at and figure out what you've spent in that period of time. You look at your spendings versus your savings in your budget. So spending cell phone, milk and bananas, cost of running your vehicle, Savings, how much money did you put into a safe or into a bank account or into a 401k or into an individual retirement account? That's what a budget is. Now, your budget has to you know, be put into a pie chart. I love pie charts. 50% of my essential expenses are fixed budget, transportation, food, other necessities. 20% of my budget are savings and servicing debts. is going into more flexible choices like charities and eating out and shopping. So in my head, I can say what goes to savings, what goes to flex, what goes to essential. Step one is figuring out how much you earn. Step two is figuring out how much you spend. Step three is keeping a journal of step one and step two. Step four, you start breaking the spending into categories. Step five you start um, consulting how you're going to change that budget in the future. Maybe it's with a family member. Maybe it's with your children. Find where you can cut your budget. Uh, <clears throat> I have not liked what I've seen in gasoline prices. So one of the things I've done is I've started maximizing my solar charging. I've got a solar roof, which is it's an expensive cost up front. But yesterday, I was able to get over 120 miles of charge from the sun. And you do that at, let's say, 30 miles a gallon, $7 a gallon. You're like, that's $28, $30 roughly saved, right? And it is. So I look at areas I can cut back. I don't spend a lot on clothes. I need to work on this. I need to go out more romantically and spend more money on clothes and and care about what I look about. I don't. <clears throat> if I take my spouse to dinner in a hoodie, I feel like, well, I took her to dinner in a hoodie. I, I, I took her to dinner, right? I have saved too much money by cutting costs all too often in my life. Um, but if you have a budget, and we're talking about budget, one of the things you're going to see is that milk and bananas are essential. Starbucks is not. And you can see, like, wow, I've spent $5 a day on coffee for 20 days last month. Uh, Can I give up caffeine? I would give up caffeine if I saw that in my budget. Um, To me, bottled water is a crime. Um, If you want to get filtered through your tap, I think that's okay. Um, But $5 a day turns into what? You know, $1,200 a year. Bottled water, $3 a day turns into $1,100 a year. So I'm just right there between cutting back on caffeine and cutting out bottled water and going with filtered water. You can easily save everything that you need to save for retirement over two thousand dollars a year. Now I hate that example, but it's really interesting because like I'm having just great conversations with my kid, and he goes, uh, "Why don't you ever buy bottled water? Why don't you ever buy soda?" And then I'm like, "Well, I, I do soda in the morning." I have one Diet Coke in the morning when I do radio. So I'm not perfect, but I also try to buy in bulk. I'm a weird dude when it comes to slashing things in my budget. But he's a cool dude because he's asking me like, um, I've had a green cup on my desk for 10 plus years. He asked me about the green cup the other day. It's green. It's plastic. It's a horrible piece of landfill, right? But I've used the same water cup every day. And two or three times during the show, I filled up. It's probably 60 ounces. And I'm pounding 180 ounces of water. And I've used the same cup. I don't throw away plastic unless I really, really, really have to. Um, it's depressing. And I'm not even good at that. But it's all about saving money for me. That's my incentive. I'm Rob Black. talking all things financial.